In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. Well, as you've, you've heard, it's Transfiguration Sunday, an important day uh, in the life uh, of Christ and in the life of his church. Uh, the big epiphany, uh, the big reveal, as we hear Jesus shining like the sun in the presence of Moses and Elijah, uh, the great uh, giver of the Torah and the great prophet of the Old Testament. There's more to Jesus here than meets the eye. Peter, James, and John uh, see it with their eyes and confess it, proclaim it. This is a great and wonderful sight. This Jesus, a carpenter's son, the preacher from Nazareth, uh, is more than that. He is, as we confess, God of God and light from light, very God of very God. They saw him in all his glory, at least as much as they could handle at that moment, which I would say wasn't very much, but enough. John wrote about it in the prologue of the gospel. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Uh, Peter writes about it in his epistle as well. For when he received honor and glory from God the father and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory... This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. It was obviously an important moment that they remembered. James, well, we don't hear much from James, but he didn't really live long enough, uh, only probably another 10 years or so after the, the death of Christ, thanks to Herod. Obviously, this left quite an impression on them. Uh, I'd imagine it would us too if we were there on that holy mountain and saw this glorious display of the divinity of Jesus. Uh, once you've got over the suspicion of, am I seeing things, um, you'd talk to the other guys that were there and admit, yes, this is amazing what we saw. Uh, we might say, are you guys sure you weren't seeing things? Uh, no, we've got the testimony of the others. They confirm this is true. Uh, and for us, that's helpful. Uh, people don't have group hallucinations usually. If it was one person, maybe we'd go, eh, I don't know. But three uh, were there on that mountain. The two say this was an important moment. This is what we saw. So the question for us is, what's it all about? Let's start with uh, a shining Jesus. Unlike the miracles... Uh, a little revealing, a little epiphany here and there. Um, this one's a little different. It only benefits uh, Jesus and these disciples. Most of it is just the proclamation of showing forth of who he really is, this change in outward appearance. It's the same Jesus that had always been. They'd walked with him, listened to him teach, seen the other miracles. But this time it says his appearance changed before them. They saw that which was hidden, this glory with which he glowed. It's not the first time somebody glowed. We hear about it uh, in the text of the epistle. We read about it in the Old Testament that Moses, when he came down, glowed, uh, that they had to cover him up with a veil because this glory of God reflected in him that he had been in the presence of God. He's like one of those uh, you know, those old glow-in-the-dark rings or maybe the little spots on your wristwatches that when it's out in the sun and then all of a sudden it's dark, you can still see it glow. But they only glow for a while. And so Moses, it would start to fade. 
But this glory does not come from the outside shining on Jesus. This time it's different. The glory comes from Jesus. He is the light. He is the glory of God that shines upon us. Uh, It's an amazing thing. Transfiguration Sunday, the last of the Epiphany Sundays, we might say it's the big epiphany, the big reveal, shining like the sun, declaring there's more to Jesus than meets the eye. They saw with their own eyes what they believed by faith. God of God, uh, light of light. Um, It's a wonderful and glorious thing that we see this. The Israelites would put a veil over Moses' face, um, but that was only temporary, just like his covenant. If Moses was the glow of the dark watch, Jesus the sun. The glow of Jesus was the glow of the glory as the only son of God, the glory that Moses longed to see on Mount Sinai, uh, but really wasn't permitted. He only saw a portion. The glory that Elijah wanted to see in his time when he was discouraged from the queen who thought he should die, um, but no. The hidden glory of the incarnation, the sun hidden beneath humble humanity. Uh, If you bumped into Jesus on the street, um, would he appear any different than any other person that you bumped into? Uh, Probably not. Uh, You would just see him as another guy. He'd blend into the crowd and walk away like any other person. But here we see, no, there's more than meets the eye. Here, the finite contains the infinite. The creator becomes the creature. For this brief moment on the mountain, three disciples are privileged to get a glimpse of Jesus' shining glory. Not the full blast that would blind and destroy. No one can bear that full sight. But enough to let them know that there's more to Jesus than met the eye. Jesus is preparing the disciples for something on the road ahead. What would be the next mountain that he would go to? It would be a Mount of Calvary that would be anything but glorious. It would be much different. Instead of light, that mountain would be dark. Instead of life, we would see his death. Instead of glory, it would appear the ultimate defeat. Instead of a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, when he cries out, what would be the voice? Utter silence. Only John would be there to watch. Peter, who denied him three times, would go into hiding. Uh, We don't know really what happened to James. Immediately after coming down from the glory of the mountain, Jesus began to teach that he must suffer, die, and rise. The glory of the transfiguration points to the glory of the cross, the hidden glory of Christ, that is uh, the one who conquers sin by dying and rising. Uh, What about Moses and Elijah? What What are they about? Well, as Matthew Gospel says, they were talking with Jesus about something So what's the conversation? Wouldn't you like to know? Uh, It must have been an important thing. Uh, Well, Luke gives us a little bit. He adds that they were discussing his departure, or in his words, his exodus, uh, the time when he would cross over from death to life. They're talking uh, about his resurrection. They're talking about his death. 
for all of you. He comes to fulfill the law and the prophets, and there these two stand, those who represent those things, pointing to the Old Testament, finding its fulfillment here in this moment. It's also a little glimpse of the resurrection, isn't it? Moses and Elijah long dead, and yet here they are. Uh, and an interesting point, even the disciples know who it is as they're standing there talking to Jesus. A little sneak peek or a little preview uh, of the people that will be there and what it'll be like in the resurrection. Uh, those who have been taken to be with the Lord and now are in that glory. Peter, always perpetual, wants, uh, he wants to do what? Let's hunker down and stay here for a little bit. How about that? Maybe he's just a little crazy. It says he was terrified, didn't know what in the world he was saying. Uh, but this is pretty awesome. Wouldn't it be nice to stick on the mountaintop for a while? Uh, we're kind of that way. We love those glorious moments, uh, those points in our life where everything just seems right. I've heard some of you describe some of those moments uh, like the ladies at Elvis, oh, we loved it when we go to the convention in that moment we're singing and everybody's coming up for communion and, and you go, that is just awesome. Um, but could you stay in that moment forever? Or would that get old too? It would. We seek uh, to retain that, that moment here on earth and seek those out, but uh, soon they become old hat to us. Uh, I love the idea of going to Hawaii and sitting on a beach, don't you? But pretty soon if you live on the island, I've heard uh, Maui has a hard time keeping pastors in their church because after a while it's like, I want to get off this island. Um, now the moment of glory is hard to retain here on earth. It's only for the hereafter. Um, the truth, we don't really know where this mountain is. We can't go there and uh, relive the moment. But faith is not sustained by these type of things or what we see with our eyes. Um, as soon as he came down from the mountain, nothing more to see. It's why the voice of the Father uh, speaks as he does at Jesus' baptism, this is my son, and you're about to see things that will make you question that. You'll wonder, but listen to him. Ignore your eyes and listen to him. He goes to the cross willingly to die for your sins. Shining Jesus is wonderful, glorious, awesome, amazing, but that's not how Jesus saves you, by shining brightly at that moment. His power and glory uh, is shown really in his bearing the sins of the world on the cross. Our old Adam, the sinful nature, loves glory. Uh, it's like a, a glory junkie. We're constantly seeking that moment. Uh, we like to feel good. And those are feel-good moments, aren't they? Uh, today we get a lot of glory, a lot of hype. We call it not just a football game. It's the... Super Bowl with big displays of glory and shows, but ultimately that's not what it's about. Um, it's a game, and by the time it rolls around next year, um, will who won this year really matter? Uh, my guess is by the time we hit April, no one will even remember or care. Um, but the cross of Jesus 
that remains the glory in that moment. Uh, there's a lot of religion that is built on the moment of glory and wants to ignore the cross um, as if we can somehow recreate this glory and rejoice in that. Uh, no, Paul would say, we determined to know nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and all his glory. No, he says, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Uh, as we'll hear in the Lenten uh, hymns, crucified for me, dying for me, shedding his blood for me. When the cloud lifts, there's no one there, it says, only Jesus, Moses gone, Elijah gone. Um, they can't save you. The, the commands of God from Moses, the prophecies that point, they can't save you, but Jesus can. Only Jesus can point to the death and the resurrection. Listen to him and him alone. Uh, he's the voice that matters in your life. He alone has a baptism that saves you, no one else. He alone has body and blood in bread and wine to give you forgiveness and life and salvation. Uh, he alone has the power to bring you forth from the grave and bring you to heaven forever. Moses and Elijah, they needed Jesus too. They looked forward to his coming. They bore witness to him. And together they would say, this is the Son of God. Listen to him. Peter also points to this light shining in a dark place. He saw the great vision of the mountain, uh, but what does he say about it? Uh, interestingly, he says, yeah, that was great, but we have the prophetic word of God made more sure. This word that comes to you, the fulfillment of all the Moses and the prophets proclaimed. We have the word enfleshed in word and sacrament, uh, not so glorious to the sight, again. Uh, you know, you bring a baby to the baptismal font, and as soon as the water hits their head, half the time they start screaming. And, and you might afterwards say, well, did anything really happen? Doesn't look like it. Uh, he still screams for food, and yet he, we ignore our eyes because God has proclaimed, this is my child. I put my name on him and have washed away his sin, attaching him to Christ. Uh, the Lord's Supper, similarly, um, you set it up here. Um, some of the ladies make the bread. I don't think anybody here makes the wine. Um, ordinary substances. Uh, but what does Jesus proclaim? Uh, this is my body. This is my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. And so our ears hear the words and ignore our eyes, and faith says, if Jesus says it, it is so. Um, the scriptures say we too are being transformed, uh, changed by the glory, from glory to glory by the Spirit, transforming our minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, and I know some of you well enough, and you've seen me, I, don't have my, I have my moments of not so much glory, so do you. But we too are being changed, children of God, hearing the word, being renewed in that word, hidden in humanity. When people see you, do they see anything special? Uh, but are you? Are you children of the holy God? Do you have his spirit? 
Uh, Does his word continue to change you? He says, yes, don't let the world fool you. You'll be revealed and vindicated in the end when he comes again in glory. Then they will see that which they could not see. Today, um, we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. The Christ who is morphing us into his image daily by repentance and baptismal dying and rising, transformed, you might say, from the inside out. Uh, slowly, uh, finally fulfilled when he comes again in glory. Your future is glorious. You'll be shining uh, like the sun in the presence of Christ, uh, as glorious as Jesus on the mountain that day. Uh, For here and now, uh, just listen to Jesus. His words are spirit. His words are truth. He is the beloved Son of God, and in Him, He says, you are beloved. Listen to Him and look to nothing because in the end, all that matters is that you see Jesus, only Jesus, for you. In His name, amen.